0: Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, sit. Stop. 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 Thank you for allowing me to be here. I want to say something about your worship this morning. Is your worship team awesome? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I had a guy tell me back in Iowa where I live, that he hates our church playing so many songs. He's like, I'm going to go find another church because your church plays too many songs. I looked at him and I said, dude, you're going to hate heaven. Because what I just saw here, it reminded me of what heaven's going to look like. Amen? Great worship. Thank you. Thank you. Well, hey, listen, my name's Matt. I'm from Iowa. And a couple things. I like to fish and I like to hunt. Is that okay? You got any hunters in the room? Raise your hand. Fishermen? Ladies, any ladies like that? Uh, praise God for you. Look at that, Pastor. You've been preaching right. And my wife's name is Pam. She's amazing and beautiful and smart. She's not with us this morning, but she uh, gives you your, her heart in her absence. And uh, yeah, we left. Uh, I was an engineer for twenty years. Left my career and built a marriage ministry. We trained uh, fifty thousand mentors in fifteen different countries to fight for marriages, fight for the Lord, to stand strong. And in your church and many of the campuses, we have quite a few marriage mentors that are doing frontline ministry. And we're going to talk more about that later. The title to the message this morning is More Than a Marriage. And so if you're here this morning and you are married, I'm going to talk about your marriage being far more than a marriage. But if you're not married yet, and I see a lot of young folks here, see some young folks over here. And I want to talk to you because marriage is not that far away for you. I mean, it might seem like but it's not. It's right around the corner. And I want you to know something right now. I wish someone would have told me when I was your age, that when you get married, your marriage is far more than a marriage. We're going to talk about that. And so stay tuned in. And there's going to be people that are going to come to you if you're here and you're not married. Maybe you're older and widowed or or single or, or divorced. You're never to marry again. Listen, stay tuned in because Constantly, people are going to come to you and they want answers. I'm in a broken relationship. Maybe it's a brother, a sister. Maybe it's one of your children. And I want you to be ready. Stand firm. Speak truth. Offer a word from the Lord. And so, more than a marriage. I wish this were a fun, happy go lucky, chock full of humor message, but it's not, it's heavy. And for some of you, it's going to be convicting and it's going to, uh, I've heard some people come up later and say, man, that, it, hit, it hit me so hard and almost in tears. And for some of you, it's going to be a refresher of things you're already doing wonderfully and high five, hallelujah, praise God. When I put this together years and years ago, it was because of our culture and this culture that we live in right now. I want to talk about that as a backdrop. So before I get into the scripture, I want to talk about the backdrop of this message. And the backdrop of this message Is that your marriage is more than a marriage. It is a platform. Your marriage is a platform that God handcrafts, He hand builds, so that you would be a professor and your students are your children. Let me say that again. Your marriage, my marriage, is a platform that God handcrafts, and it is a platform by which you are called to be a professor. Far more than anybody else on the planet to your children, you are the professor, more than anyone, more than your pastor, more than your youth pastor, more than a college professor, more than your public schools, more than social media. You, the marriage, is the platform, and you're the professor, and they are your students. And that's a pretty big deal, and that's a pretty heavy responsibility. I got a phone call not long ago from a guy who wanted to talk to me about something. And this morning, I want this to be in your backdrop of your mind right now, folks. And here are about four or five topics that I want to be in the back of your mind right now. This is our culture. LGBTQ, transgender, confusion, dysphoria, all kinds of things going on now in our culture. I mean, I don't know if you've caught on to this, but right now, more than ever, it's confusing, isn't it? And if you're a young person, if you're a teenager, it's, it's crazy confusing. Fluidity, you've heard this term, fluidity in your sexuality. And there has never more been a time where it's more important for a parent to have this platform and stand on the truth of this word than right now. Amen? Right. It's more than a marriage. Right. And that's the issue. That's what we're facing, and I'm not here to dive into those subjects deeply because that's a whole nother seminar. That's a whole nother deal. But far more than me speaking into your children, it should be you, you, you. You're the professor. And this passage is going to lay it out very clearly, and we're going to dive into it very deep. The number one teaching agent in the life of a child. Is the parent. If you're not married yet, grab a hold of this. When you get married, when you have kids, and you're gonna fall in love with those little fellas and those little girls. You're gonna love them almost more than you love yourself. And you're gonna worry about their future, aren't you? You're gonna worry about their future. You're gonna worry about their their next decisions. You're gonna worry probably more about them than you ever even worried about yourself. And this platform, it's coming. If you're not married yet, it's coming. Take it very serious. You see, marriage is more than just sex. It's more than just love and feelings. It's more, than, it's more than companionship. It's more than procreation. It's more than all of that. I want you to understand something this morning, that your marriage is a conduit, that God handcrafts. He, he touches it so that his anointing, his calling will flow through you to them, to them and their kids and their kids and their kids. God's calling, God's anointing, what God wants. To see happen to the nations will come through this platform. It's a heavy message. So open up your Bibles with me this morning to Deuteronomy chapter 11. We're going to dive into this scripture. And before we do, I, I got to help relieve some tension That if you're here this morning, and maybe you've not done well, maybe already you're feeling the conviction and the heaviness, like as a father, as a mother, like, man, I kind of missed it. Maybe your kids are adults and they're gone. Listen, it's never too late, never too late. And God's mercy is great and wide and deep. He's forgiven you. Forgive yourself. He's forgiven you. Forgive yourself. I got a phone call from a guy, and he says, I just... Matt, he was crying on the phone. His 30-year-old son just called him and said, Hey, Dad, I just want to let you know I'm gay. And this guy grew up uh, in the Word. He grew up in church. He stood very firmly on this. And again, I'm not going to get into all that in this message today. But here's what he said to me, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. He said this while he's crying on the phone. He says, In my whole life, I never said one word to my children about That subject, not one. A father, a dad. I never said a word to my children about homosexuality, about cohabitation before marriage, about sex before marriage, about alcohol, about drinking, about all these things that we're all facing. And he was tormented by this moment. Not that he wouldn't love his son. That wasn't even the discussion. It was he was ripped to shreds because he had been silent. And that's why I'm preaching this message to you today. Don't be silent. Amen. And I prayed over the phone with him, and I said, it's not too late. It's not too late. You grab your adult kids. You have three adult kids. You put them all in a room, and you stand firm, Dad, and you just tell them. You speak right out of this word, and you let God do the rest. It doesn't mean you're not loving. It doesn't mean you're not patient. It doesn't mean you're not kind. But do not ever run away from this. And he did, he brought his family together and he spoke and the rest of the story's not been written yet. We'll see how it all ends. So let's read. If you want a marriage that's more than a marriage, let's unpack this scripture. There's a lot of scriptures here. I'm going to go through it fairly rapidly and then I'm going to come back and break it down. Verse one, it says, love the Lord your God and keep his requirements and his decrees and his laws and his commands. Always remember today that your children, your children, here it is, they were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God. Let's stop right here. It's it's saying parents at this time and in this era, your kids weren't there to see the discipline of the Lord or the miracles or all that had happened. He said, hey, it's because your kids weren't there, you're now the teaching agent You're the microphone, you're the platform, you're the marketing, if you will, so that your children will understand what happened. And all of us weren't there. And so all of a sudden, it starts to paint this picture that as God reveals his scripture to you, men and women, as God reveals through the Holy Spirit, the truth of scripture, he's saying to you, hey, you and your kids weren't there. And so I'm bestowing upon you a responsibility to transfer what I'm giving you to your children. He's already laying it out right here. The next verse, he says, Observe, therefore, all the commands I'm giving you today so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess and that you may live, a long, may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give to them and your descendants a land that is flowing with milk and honey. So if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then, then, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain and new wine and olive oil, and I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. This is... Not only a literal, but it's a metaphor. He's saying this is how you get your children and their children into the land of milk and honey and blessings and covering. This is how. Love the Lord God with all your heart. Chase after him. And then he goes on and says, be careful. Be careful. Or you'll be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Other teachings, other cultures in our culture today. Be careful or you're going to be swayed by this or swayed by that. You're going to be swayed by social media. You're going to be swayed by what that preacher says. And i got churches all over the country now that I'm working with that have fallen so far away from the truth of what's in here, it's scary. You've seen it. You've seen it. I'm not alone. Just be careful or you'll fall away. Be careful. Next verse. If you do go down that path and you're swayed, then... The Lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain and the ground will yield no produce and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord has given you. Fix these words of mine in your heart and your minds and tie them around as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. This is intense. This is intense. He's almost just saying... Immerse yourself, bind yourself with the truth of God's word. Do not sway. It's intense. Then it gets even better. The next verse. Teach this these things to your children. Talking about them, these things, when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up, write these things on the door frames of where? Your house and your gates so that... So that your days and the days of who? Your children may be in the land of the Lord swore to give your ancestors as many as many the days that the heavens are above the earth. And then it finishes with this it's sort of a warning. See, I'm setting before you today two things a blessing and a curse. And the blessing is if you obey these things, obey these commands, the Lord your God, that I'm giving you today. The curse is if you disobey. If you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and you turn from the way that I've commanded you by following other gods and other teachings which you have not known. That's intense. That's intense. And with this backdrop facing us today of all these things that are confusing, all these things that are happening at such a rapid rate, I mean, I've been researching this for years on how fast are things changing with the moral fiber of our country and what's right and what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's biblical, what's not. I'm telling you, it's it's happening so fast, you can't even keep up with it. You can't. And it's becoming more radical and more radical and more radical. And that's why I put this message together today, because it's more than a marriage, folks. It is a platform that God built so that your children are protected And you can help your children get into the land that God will bless. Well how? How? How do I do it? How do I get there? What do I do? You got my attention, Matt. What do I do? There's three steps to follow, three things in this passage. Step number one: passionately love God. That starts there. Moses authored this book in Deuteronomy with these powerful truths. Look at, go back to verse one. It says, love the Lord your God and keep his requirements and his decrees and his laws and his commands. Always remember today that your children were not there. Loving the Lord. When you love the Lord on your platform, folks, when you love the Lord, you're bringing your children under the umbrella of protection and blessing. It starts with you yourself, passionately, passionately, passionately pursue this thing. Use passion. Hey, listen, it's imperfect. It's imperfect. None of us are perfect in the room. I'm not perfect. I struggle. I fall down. The Bible says a righteous man falls down how many times? Seven. But he keeps getting up and run after the Lord, passionately. Chase after the Lord. It's a platform. I want you to understand that children often carry the torch of their parent. Whatever that torch is, whatever your passions are, dad, whatever your passions are, most of the time, your kids will carry that same passion. It's a platform. It's more than a marriage. You got little ones that are watching and following, and their their moral compass and their belief system is 100% dependent on you. What's your plan? How have you been doing? We're going to go deeper and it's not going to get easier. My father often took me deer hunting. My father got this concept extremely well when I was, before I was even born actually. And he took me and I have a twin brother and he took us deer hunting and fishing. And I lost track of how many times my father would stop he'd just stop. Like we'd go hunting at 4.30 in the morning, it's pitch dark, and I'm 12, 13 years old, we bow hunt, and my dad would stop, we'd get out, we're about ready to go off into the woods, and dad's going to go that way, and I'm going to go that way, in the pitch dark, and it's kind of cool when you're a kid, and many of you hunters, you know what this is like when you're young. My brother's going to go that way. My dad stops us right by the truck, and he says, come here, come here, and he puts his arms around us, and he prays out loud, Lord Jesus, I pray for protection on my boys. I pray that you bless our time together. And he just says this prayer. And as a kid, you know. But this was my life that I grew up under. My dad gets done praying. I'm like, oh yeah, Lord, here's a little prayer that I would say is bring me a big old buck. (laughs) And then we would scamper off into the dark. Hundreds, if not thousands of times, that was my dad. There's one thing I knew about my dad is he loved the Lord passionately. He would take us to prisons and nursing homes. Every month we would go to prisons and nursing homes. My brothers and my mother and my father, and we'd go into the prison. And my father at 12 and 13, my father would say, hey, to my my brother, I want you to go to every inmate. And we'd go to the chapel service and it would be packed. My father would speak to these inmates and I'd watch him. And he said, here, here's the job I'm going to give you, boys. You walk around the room, and you look every one of these inmates straight in the eye, and you ask them their name, and you shake their hand. Because he said to me and my brother, Jesus died for these men too, and you love on them. And as a 12-year-old, I had no idea how that was going to shape the rest of my life. I had no idea that my father's torch was going to become my torch. Step one in this passage, dads, moms, passionately, passionately, imperfectly, but passionately chase after the Lord. Fall down, get up, keep moving. My father's love for the Lord 100% transferred to me. Listen, I couldn't escape it. I want to say something to you dads this morning. When you do this and you follow this formula, it doesn't guarantee that your kids are going to follow the Lord down the road. It doesn't guarantee it, but it's a lot more probable that they will. And during the years of 20 to 26, I kind of fell away from the Lord. I kind of fell away from the Lord. I kind of started checking out life a little bit with my twin brother. We both kind of, and I can't tell you how many times I knew what I was doing was wrong, And over and over when I was facing these things, and this is something I just want to echo into your your, your mind, is I kept thinking, what would my dad say? What would my dad do? I started realizing, even as I started chasing the Lord, and even after I started really growing in my faith, I'm facing all kinds of challenges, and I'm looking at the culture right now that you're facing. And I want to say something to you this morning that I'm not sure you've ever put the math to this. But over and over and over as a kid, even even now, what would my dad do? What would my dad say? What would my dad do? I couldn't escape it. I couldn't escape it. You see, God knows when he builds the family and this platform, the power that it has. What would my dad say? What would my dad do? You see, I got to tell you something. I grew up in a church, and, and I can't say that I ever thought to myself when I'm facing all these crossroads and all these things morally, I can't say that I ever thought, what would my pastor have said back then? What would my youth pastor, no, it's always my dad, my dad, my dad. What would my dad do? And I'm going to share a couple statistics with you that might shock some of you this morning on how the, your, the, the message coming from a father actually affects children far more than the same message coming from a mother. What would my dad do? What's my dad believe? What, What would my dad believe? That's why I'm trying to tell husbands all across the country, open your mouth, use your words, speak. Whatever God has put in your heart, those convictions. You take your children as they're young and you sit down with them and you figure this thing out and become passionate. You pour into them what God has poured into you. Because they won't escape it. They can't escape it. That's what my dad did to me. more than a marriage. My dad was my professor. And I was his student. And I didn't have a choice. My father didn't give me a choice. I just had a guy tell me recently, I said to him, he's in my Bible study and his teenage boys don't go to church at all. And I asked him, why don't your, two, your teenage boys go to church? Well, they don't want to. Uh, why did you give them a choice? What's happened to our culture? You're the professor. They're the student. What's happening to our culture? What's happening to the seriousness of the marriage and the platform? What's happening? The step two to turn my marriage into something supernatural, blessed by the Lord, is to passionately observe his commands. And so I passionately love him, but then I observe his commands. And this is where it gets interesting. What are God's commands? What does the world want to do right now with all these backdrop subjects I've already laid out for you? And I want to tell you that the only way you'll ever navigate through this well is to turn to this every single time on every single one of these subjects. Don't don't turn to social media. Don't turn to culture. Don't turn to what most people are thinking. Turn to this. What are God's commands? What are they? What does God have to say about all these things? And so I'm, I'm encouraging you to dive into God's word. Because here's the problem a lot of us, we limit our intellectual ability to understand Scripture by just coming to church on Sunday. Like what I say in these 30 minutes, that's the extent of your biblical knowledge is whatever they say in 30 minutes on Sunday. Right. And that is a flash in the pan, folks. Right. I want your faith. I want your belief system. I want your answers to these tough questions to be welded and in, 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 to be deepened into the core of your soul because you read what God has to say. Right. You studied it. Right. You, the Holy Spirit spoke through you as you read right. these words on a Friday morning of coffee at five o'clock or whatever. Right. You read this, dads and moms. Right. Hey, I believe in this not because some guy told it to me from a pulpit, because right. I read it. Right. And the Holy Spirit gave you the ability to understand it and right. believe it right. and transfer it. You're the professor. Don't rely on me to be your professor for your kids. Don't rely on your youth pastor. No, no offense. I'm, I'm, all, I'm grateful for the youth pastors. But so many dads and moms drop the kids off and they say, well, I hope it goes well. I, I hope my kids grasp all these things in the next seven years. And I hope I hope the youth pastor is addressing all these things. Right. I hope. But I want to remind you, This repeating thing in my mind for years, what would my dad do? What would my dad do? Not one time, what would my youth pastor do? No offense to them, what would my dad do? He says in this passage, observe therefore these commands I'm giving you today so that you may have the strength to go into the land and take it over so that you may live long in the land the lord swore to you and the ancestors to give them to your descendants so if i if i obey god's commands if you obey god's commands and this is your platform he says i'm going to blow a blessing into your life and your children's life that you can't even imagine now, i want to talk about the word blessings for a second i want to hone in on this i don't like prosperity preachers i'm not a prosperity preacher what is a prosperity preacher a prosperity preacher constantly says this You give God your tithes and offerings and God's going to multiply your tithes and offerings and you're going to get rich. Or if you follow the Lord properly, you're going to be healthy and wealthy. That's not true. You may not become wealthy and you might not be healthy. And so I kicked that out the window. You know, you might become wealthy and you might be healthy, but there's no scriptures that guarantees those two things. So what are God's blessings? They're all over. Maybe God will give you contentment. Maybe God will give you a supernatural passion for things to affect other people and help. Maybe God will give you the ability to endure an illness. Maybe God will give you a passion. He's going to bless you. And I look at more of it, it's more of a moral blessing. It's more of an an encompassing blessing. But this prosperity stuff, it's, it's false. He wants to bless your your children in ways that really matter. I didn't grow up wealthy. My dad never hardly made a lot of money. I grew up in a home my dad bought for two thousand dollars Six-bedroom country home in Iowa. We didn't have a lot of money. We always had used, broken-down vehicles. But you want to know something? I had the richest childhood a kid could ever have. It's more than a marriage. So what are God's commands? Old Testament, New Testament, dive into the word. Here's what I would challenge you guys to do. Husbands and wives, moms and dads, and if you're not married yet, I would hope the Lord would imprint this into your mind when you get married and have kids. Here's what I would have you do. Write down on a blank sheet of paper the top 10 topics that are driving our social media today. The controversial top 10 You yourself, as professors, parents, and then I want you to write down next to each one of those things what you think God is revealing to you through this regarding those 10 things. And over the next year or two or three, you take your kids through what you've written down. When it comes to this subject, son, hey, son, come here, let's go hunting. Hey, son, sit in the truck. When it comes to this one subject out of the 10, I want to talk to you today. Hey, daughter, let's go do what girls do. Whether I'm not sure. (laughs) What do girls do? I don't know. I don't want to say shopping because that's you can't say that. Say that? They hunt hunt too. I love that. I took my wife hunting with me. I put her in a blind. We sat side by side, and we sat there first time. And she looks at me, and she's like, "Hey, I just want to talk to you about this." And what you do? I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, shh." No talkie talkie, we're hunting. She's like, well, I thought we were gonna connect. Well, no, no talk. We can connect, just zip, zip. <laughs> She's so pretty. She's so pretty. <laughs> I gave her a 12 gauge and she'd never even shot a gun practicing before. And she says, What do I do if a deer comes out? I said, shoot! Thank the Lord a deer did not come out. <laughs> Kind of got lost in my notes here. I gotta go back. What are the commands? I, I, I've lost track of how many times I sat with my father in all these different places and he would speak. Matter of fact, my father was such a great professor that there was a, a moment, I'm like, Dad, can I have a conversation with you without hearing a scripture in a verse? And he had this big smile, and he looks at me and he says, When I'm done breathing, I'm done talking about Jesus. So sit up, son, and pay attention. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. It's more than a marriage. He was my professor. Took it serious. I can't escape it. My father endured some of the most horrific things that had happened to him as a child i didn't know this till i was 12 we went to visit grandpa his dad me and my twin brother and my dad and things started looking odd and weird and i said dad we've been going to see grandpa every month for years i don't understand why mom never comes with us why do my sisters never join us why are aunts and uncles and cousins never there and, Dad, I know Grandpa's mean. and I know he's, he's nasty. He curses and yells. And, but what's the deal? And my dad said, you're going to find this out sooner or later, so have a seat. And he said, when I was about three or four, my dad went to prison for abusing his own daughter in ways I cannot describe to you this morning. And his father goes to prison, and they took all the kids, my father's siblings, and they spread them out and sent them to different. Pl- my dad said I went from one hell hole to a, a worse hell hole. Four or five years later, Grandpa gets out of prison, and they put all the kids back under his care. And then grandpa beat them and abused them, and then his dad abused another neighbor's daughter and went back to prison. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to all this. I'm 12. And now I'm mad, and I, I just clenched my fist. I'm like, Dad, why are we here? What are you doing here? Every month, you shave him, you take care of him, you mow his lawn, you, you love on him, what are you doing? And He literally says, have, have a seat, and he opens up the Bible, and he read a couple scriptures. He read this one, honor your mother and your father. Honor your mother and your father. And your days will be long and your life will be blessed and God will bless your future. He read that scripture in that moment. Love those who hate you. Love those who hurt you. And later on, my mother had an affair on him. No, it was before that I found out my mother had an affair on him and left him for a year before I was even born. I found that out later on. And he waited for a year while she was with her lover. And I found this out, and I'm like, Dad, how What? How did you survive when my mother was gone for a year? And he showed me, and I'm going to show you. Put that photo up there. That's my dad's. He's gone now. You flip through the pages, and every single one of them looks like that. You see, he knew it's more than a marriage. And when my wife is with another lover, and I got these two kids, two girls, my two sisters, he said, I'm standing strong. I'm waiting on the Lord. He had no idea four more sons would be born. He had no idea she'd come back to him. He'd forgive her, and they'd stay married 60 years until their death. How? Right there. That's what heroes do over and over this was he was the professor thank you dad thank you dad thank you dad let's go to step 3 love the lord obey his commands understand what his commands are dive in scripture Journal. I like to tell moms and dads, journal scripture. You're going to remember a whole lot more of what you read and write than what you're going to hear. And so read and journal. Figure out how to make this your your life. Then we move to number three. This is my favorite. This is my favorite this morning. Passionately teach your kids, passionately teach your children. Passionately teach your children. Let me get through these passages really quick. Deuteronomy 11:16 16 says, be careful or you'll be enticed to turn away and worship false teachings, false gods. Okay? Young ones right now, I, I'm sorry. I, I want to tell you right now, I'm sorry what you have to endure with our culture. I am sorry you have to deal with this. But there's hope. There's a ton of hope and it's right here. I can just—I just want to—I just want to encourage you, young ones. Dive into it. Right. I, I know it's turbulent, and I, man, I, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for being here. Right. Right. But you're going to have a platform one day of your own. And there's going to be little ones watching you. Daddy, what do I do? Hey, Daddy, what's happening out there? And you're going to say, "Have a seat, son. I got something to tell you about the Lord." Right. Prepare yourself. Teach your kids. Let's jump down to verse 19. Teach these things to your children, talking about these things, Talk about them when you sit at home, when you go along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, write these things on your door frames or houses in your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be long in the land that the God swore to you. The blessings, the protection, the anointing, the calling will all fall upon your children. As many as the days that the heavens are above the earth, see that I'm sitting before you today, a blessing and a curse. And then it goes into that same passage. Listen, man, this is intense. Let's break that down. Tell your kids when you lay down, when you're taking a nap, when you get up, when you go for walks, put it on your doorpost, when you take them along the path, when you get up in the morning. When you I mean, this is what my father did. This is the hunting, the fishing, the moments, the moments, all kinds of moments. I remember one time I was uh, in ministry. My first year in ministry, I had a really bad thing happen. A pastor did something and said something to me that was so hurtful. I was so torn, so angry, and I wanted to give up ministry. And I'll never forget, I called my dad. I'm an adult. I'm a grown man now. And I called my dad and I told him what happened. And here's what he said. He said, son, you let a couple weeks go by and calm down. Then you go call that pastor and you take him out to dinner and you love on him and you forgive him. And I did it. And it didn't really mend the relationship, but you know what it did? It healed my heart. It gave me an empowerment. My father taught me how to deal with wounds and hurts when other people hurt you. Forgive them, love on them. Forgive them, love on them. My dad, over and over. Teach these things to your children. Teach them how to handle conflict. Teach them how to handle the culture. Teach them what God says. Show them. My dad showed me a thousand times. Teach them, show them, tell them. I mean, this is intense. And right now there's probably some of you are like, man, I missed it. My kids are grown and they're gone. And what do I do? Write him a letter. Hey, listen to this statistic for a second. This was found in 1994 out of a Swiss study. It said if only mom attends church regularly, only mother attends church and loves the Lord and does these things, only mother, only the wife on this platform. Okay, and a lot of you know people like this where the husband is sort of he's just disconnected. If only the mother is the voice into the life of a child. Here it is: two out of a hundred children in that setting, will grow up following the Lord. Two out of a 100. But listen to this. When dad alone, not mom, is following the Lord and teaching his decrees to his children, 44 out of 100 kids grow up following the Lord. Listen, there is something supernatural about a dad, the voice of a father, the voice of the dad. And I'm telling you right now, the culture is going to hammer me for saying this. But there's something about the voice of a dad that impacts children more than the voice of a mom. And listen, moms, I'm not taking anything away from you. You're amazing. You're, but here, no matter how hard you try, you can't make up for the gap that your husband is not filling. And I'm not here to hammer on husbands. I'm here to encourage you, embolden you, give you passion, help you get passion. That for some reason, when you say the same thing to your kids that your wife would have said, for some reason, we'll only know when we get to heaven, it affects them more. I I don't understand it. And so dads, use your words, use your mouth, sit down, go home and talk about it tonight. Say, in the next couple years, how can I create these moments? How can I create these moments with my children? these moments where I speak. I speak of these things and I speak to my children. And I'm never going to have to call Matt down the road and cry on the phone and say, I wished, I wished I would have told my son this. I wish I would have told my daughter this. It's more than a marriage. So as I close, a couple things. I'm going to be over here. I got a few products to help your marriage. I have a little thing called date night cards. You're on a date. Maybe you've been married for a while. You'll fall into two ruts of talking only about kids and work. And so we created a little tool to spice up your date nights. They're a deck of cards. They're fun. Go out. And there's a lot of serious and funny and humorous questions So it's fun, but there's also some heavier stuff in here so that you guys can work on your platform. And so they're over here if you want them. I wrote a couple books. And lastly, we have these cards handed out where if you're here this morning and maybe your marriage needs a little bit of help, maybe your platform is weak and you need an outside couple to come alongside of you. Well, that's, that's what the church has to offer. They've got 20, 30 trained mentor couples. All we're asking you to do is sign the card here that you've been given. And turn it in in the offering plate when it's over, signed or unsigned, so nobody notices you. It's not embarrassing. Put your Say, hey, I need to meet with a mentor couple. Maybe three, four, or five weeks, they're going to come alongside of you and help you. I don't have time to share all the miracles that I've seen with God using one couple to help one couple. Why, Matt? Why? Because it's more than a marriage. Because God has a lot that he wants to accomplish. Through you to your children, and their children, and their children. That one day your child could be the next Billy Graham. You don't know. Your child, your child's child, your grandchild could be the next Billy Graham, could be the next. I'll finish with this last story. My dad came to me about three months before he died. He said, Matt, I want you to officiate a wedding with me and my, my wife, your mother. We never got married in a chapel. We got justice of the peace. We're married now 60 years. We want to go to this small chapel. Will you officiate our wedding? Yeah. And over here were my brothers, were the groomsmen, and my sisters were the bridesmaid. My mom and dad came down the aisle with their walkers. And my dad stood tall. finish strong that's what I want for you and tonight when you're chatting with your spouse talk about your platform talk about your role hey what can I do how can I turn this message into something measurable, tangible and if you're here and you're not married yet listen really quick, if you're here and you're young you're not married yet, here it is, here it is, this is for you be careful who you marry Be an investigator. Find out if they love the Lord and if they know the Lord and if they want what you want and if they're willing to stand by your side on this platform before you date them. Don't go on one date till you know that you know this is what they want for their future. And if they don't, walk away. Walk away. Don't go on one date. No matter how good looking or how rich or how beautiful she is, if she doesn't want to share this platform with you and be a conduit for Jesus Christ, don't go on one date. Amen, parents? Because God's got huge plans for you. Huge plans for you. Huge plans for you. And this is a lot more than a marriage. Let's pray. Father, as we close, I pray that this message, like a sword, pierce our hearts in a good way, in a convicting way in a passionate way that we would rise up and speak up and be a warrior and sit down with the children and make a plan and execute the plan and give you the glory that your name would be glorified, that your legacy and your calling and your anointing would flow and fall upon these young ones so that our culture could be impacted by you, Lord, with new agents, new mouthpiece, new microphones. Bless this church for being a lighthouse in a dark world. In your name we pray. Amen. Matt, thank you so much for the gift that you and your marriage.